Hello, welcome to the Sally in the Zen podcast. I'm your host, Sally. I'm a Zen Buddhist caregiver, and I thank you so much for joining me in my pursuit to find Zen moments in everyday living. So in 2010, I had started uh, blogging, and I, I blogged pretty consistently for a couple of years, up until 2012, where I just kind of um, lost interest and put it away on the shelf up until this year. Where, where I actually took it off the shelf, dusted it, and as going as far as uh, giving it a brand new look. And going further to being published or becoming a contributing writer on medium.com with specifically the Ascent publication. But when I found Medium, and this is before I even became a writer, accepted as a writer in the publication for Ascent, Medium allows you uh, the flexibility to submit and publish stories. No filters, no editors. If you have a story, you wrote it, you published it. And I found that pretty fascinating. And I will continue to always give a shout out to Roberto Blake of Create Something Awesome Today YouTube channel. He's the one that... um, I was listening to, and he spoke about medium.com, about writing. If you're serious about wanting to write, this is the platform. You should try it out. I looked at it. I thought that was pretty fascinating and never saw anything like it before. But what was interesting is there was a, when I look back now, there was a confluence of events that led me to land actually on medium with a story. It was the strangest thing. It was one thing leading to another, to another. It was uh, at the right time of when I was absolutely wanting to write outside my blog for actual people. And it was more of a response to an article that came out during that time when I was emotionally wanting a release in writing that was beyond my personal blog. And that's where medium.com came through. And the very first article that I ever wrote for, well, you can't say public consumption because when you write on your blog, people can see it. If they know where you are, they find you, they can read your stuff. That's not private, but um, I, I've never wrote with the intent for an actual publication. Does that make any sense at all? But the article that I wrote on April 17 on medium.com was the very first article ever outside of my little family blog. And it's called Horrible Daughter. This opened the door for me to um, become a writer. This opened the door of so many possibilities of wanting to speak to the universe. And I had a chance to do it. And here I am. Now, I'll include the link to the actual article in the show notes. But I want to go ahead and read to you what I wrote. And it's called Horrible Daughter. uh, Published on April 17. If I had followed 996. Just recently, CNN flashed late-breaking news on my cell phone that actually gave me pause. And I'm quoting here. Jack Ma, founder of the e-commerce giant uh, Alibaba, has spoken out on social media in recent days in support of the Chinese work practice known as 996. The number refers to working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week and is said to be common among the country's 
big technology companies and startups. Now, the source of the article was a CNN article dated 4.15 at 10.05 p.m. by Serenetti Wang and Daniel Shane of CNN Business. The article further noted that Ma, and I'm, I'm doing quotes, added that any prospective employees of Alibaba, one of the world's biggest tech companies, should be prepared to work 12 hours a day if they want to succeed. Or why bother joining? We don't lack those who work eight hours comfortably, Jack Ma says. So, end quote. I'm an American-born Chinese to parents who immigrated to to the U.S. in the 60s. I'm as American as they are Chinese. But I'm all too familiar with what 996 is all about. Both my father and mother worked together in various Chinese uh, kitchens throughout my upbringing. After school, my brother and I would usually come to these kitchens because they were the actual locations of where my parents were for at least 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Sorry, Jack Ma, but my folks got you beat. If not for the fact that they were, they toiled in these kitchens and not in occupations that require them to work in places like, say, Alibaba, my brother and I would never have seen them. We would have never had to sit down dinners every night with them. We would never have had the face-to-face family togetherness that usually happened in those pre-internet days. So fast forward to current day. So I am in my high 40s. I'm now taking care of my folks. Uh, Pop will be 77 years old in May, while mom will be 70 in October. In Chinese culture, the expectation used to be that the daughter would become the caregiver of her elderly parents. To say that the expectation has gone by the wayside is an understatement. Allow me to point to Exhibit A as proof of its miserable demise. The protection of the rights and interests of the elderly people. It's a law in China that went into effect July 2013 that required adult children to visit and take care of their own parents. Now, I chose to take care of my aging parents, not because I'm Chinese, not because of Chinese family devotion, gone by the wayside, remember? And certainly not because of that silly law, because we're all American citizens, so that law doesn't even apply, but because I love them. Taking care of very independent and active elderly folks was a handful, but that was before Pop had a stroke in 2016. I understood then what it meant to care for aging parents. So, if I had worked for Alibaba, the following descriptions would have been posted into my HR file. Number one, not a hard-working employee because I skipped work to rush Pop to the ER. We got there in 30 minutes flat from the time the stroke occurred to when we reached the hospital. Next one, I would be unqualified for any promotion for those days that I took off work to stay day and night with my father while he was in the ER and subsequently in ICU for almost a week. I would then be downgraded to a true slacker for racing out of my job at the end of my shift every night to visit him while he was an inpatient at the rehab hospital for almost four months. And then I would be placed on a disciplinary 
improvement plan for when I took Pop and Mom out for a nice dinner when he was finally released from rehab. It is 2019, and Pop is still here with me and Mom, healthy and happy for the second lease on life. If things had not worked out, if Pop had actually left us, I would have been fired from my job for attending his funeral. I would truly have been been a horrible daughter if I had followed 996. So that was an article I wrote. I was compelled to write in response to what I heard about Jack Ma because it's asinine. In this current day and age, I think it's ridiculous that you would need to work a person like that. But then at the same time, have a law that requires the, the kids to take care of their own parents, elderly parents. So it didn't make sense to me, and I was compelled to say something about that. And being thus compelled launched me to become a writer. And that's the cool part. The funny thing about this whole entire thing was that I usually keep to myself and just mind my own business and um, fiddle on my own blog and do my own thing. But it's strange how something out of the blue can just compel you to just step out of your zone and not think about that anymore and just want to say something because it's either right or it's either wrong. And in this case, because of how I'm, how I'm just so close with my parents and I'm blessed that they're also my best friends and they're my muse for everything I do creatively besides being uh, my parents and the basic life of me because we're just so close. I couldn't just sit back and not say something because of what Jack Ma's doing, which impacts tons of people. And the last thing I'll say about that is I know from personal experience of what kind of hardship, what kind of uh, work-life balance that is, which is basically not non-existent. There is no work-life balance with that kind of um, working environment. I just wanted to say something about that because life is really, really precious. And the people who's in your life most, especially your parents, they're precious and they're irreplaceable. And I'm blessed that I'm able to say that. Well, in closing, that's it for today. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions or comments or any ideas for future episodes, DM me on Instagram or swing by my blog, Sally in the Zen, and click on the contact page and let me know. Depending on your question, maybe I'll feature it on a future episode. I usually post uh, weekly on Sundays on either my family blog or um, which is sallyindazen.com or on medium.com. And now with this podcast every other Wednesday, you can also follow me on Instagram and Pinterest under Sally in the Zen. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and spread the word. And if you want to give me a rating, feel free. I'd love to know your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on my pursuit to find Zen moments in everyday living. See you next time. <music>